Last week, we talked about the passion fallacy. This week, we're covering the dark side of the organizational family. After decades of nonprofit leadership impacting thousands, we hit a wall. We started asking ourselves, how can we go beyond our personal success and leave a legacy that lasts far beyond our lifetimes? A job change and multiple conversations with stressed out nonprofit leaders later, our desire to help nonprofits grow in a healthy and sustainable way was bigger than ever. If you're a leader at the top or in the middle of a volunteer and donor-based organization, this podcast is for you. We believe that a better world needs healthier nonprofits, and it's our passion to help you fulfill your organization's mission while helping you live a fulfilled life. I'm Ted. And I'm Lisa. Welcome to the Legacy Builders Movement. So there's this trend where organizations, businesses, nonprofits, groups like to somehow, I don't know when they started doing this, but they refer to themselves as a family. Oh, we're a family here. And we're, you know, businesses will be like, hey, welcome to this. I don't know if they do this at Starbucks, but like, welcome to the Starbucks family. You know, or like, welcome to, you know, I'm so glad that we have a family here at the, like, we're like a big, happy family at this nonprofit. Yeah, it's very, we have thoughts. (laughs) (laughs) We have thoughts on this and mainly because I think we saw, what was it, an article or something recently, or maybe it was a Reddit post where they were just talking about how it's a big red flag. Mm-hmm. When corporations use the word family to describe their employees or whatever, because all it means is that they're just going to try to leverage all of the guilt that you have with your family to get you to do things. And I think on some in some sense, we'll, we'll dive into this more, but in some sense, that's totally true. And I think also there my position is that I feel like there are probably healthy ways to approach it if you really feel like that needs to be a part of the way your organization is run, but there are huge pitfalls to watch out for when it comes to calling your organization a a family. Mm -hmm. Now, Ted and I don't necessarily agree on all the points of this, so this is very much going to be a discussion. we're married. We have to agree on everything. I'm just kidding. Yeah. That doesn't happen. That doesn't work. (laughs) Um, But it is something that we do have discussions about a lot because... Mm -hmm. We've seen it in like the corporate side, which, yeah, the red flag thing, what we read was it was basically these are red flags to look out for when interviewing. If they say the word family, get out. And I don't necessarily fully agree with that stance. Yeah, I feel like that might be a little bit of an extreme stance. It's like if they say the word. It's always bad. Yeah. Um, On the flip side of it, though, we also grew up in like a church when we were younger and You know, in church, they talk about how the Bible says to love each other as brothers and sisters in Christ. And so there is a familial aspect. And over the years, we've seen how that idea of family has transformed from just in some church context to being every org structure with a family structure where the heads of the organization or the people at the top of the hierarchy are automatically in the position of mom and dad. And it creates this very strange dynamics within organizations, yes, and for-profit, but today we're focusing on nonprofit, um, obviously, because we talk nonprofit here. But it's an interesting, like, messiness and beautiful thing sometimes. Like, we've seen it done in ways that can be really good. We've also seen it done in ways that are really messy. And as a whole, I wouldn't write off using the f- the word family within an organization. 
Um, but I have massive reservations about it. For me, if someone mentions the word family about um, a staff anything, like I get like squirmy. I'm like, I don't like this. And it's not because of a massive like traumatic experience. I just know from working with so many people over the years that so many people come from just dysfunctional family backgrounds. Um, or even if it's not highly dysfunctional, they still have their own familial baggage. They still have how they interact with their brothers and sisters, with their mom and dads. And just because your family doesn't mean that your communication is done well. Just because your family doesn't mean that there isn't passive aggressive aggression that's you sometimes. Just because your family doesn't mean that there's always unity. And so depending on people's backgrounds, bringing them into an organization and slapping the label of family over it, you can get so many different reactions to what that means that I feel like it's a great word that is used by people who aren't always looking at it from how other people are going to take it. Right. Is that fair? I think that's. Yeah. And I think there's a big, big, uh, big piece of this. That's. If you had, like you said, yours doesn't necessarily come from a traumatic background, but I think some people have had trauma with their families and you might think as an organizational leader saying like, we're like a family and immediately some of the people on your staff are like, oh my God, no, no, Get away. no, I gotta please. run. I gotta run. Because like that's their guttural <laughs> response because of the fact that they had a super bad, you know, maybe like an abusive family or something like that, right? So there's that piece of it. But then there's the other piece of it where leaders the way that we interacted with our family, if we call it a family, like if our parents were dysfunctional toward us, chances are we're going to slip into the same kinds of dysfunction with our staff, with our uh, volunteers, with the people who are partnered with the organization. Because if we're a family and we're the mom and dad, the only frame of reference that we have for mom and dad is usually a human frame of reference and people make mistakes. And sometimes parental relationships can be really, really bad. Mm -hmm. And so that can turn into really, really unhealthy ways of interacting with employees, with volunteers, even with donors. It could just have all sorts of really terrible repercussions. And it was totally avoidable if you just said, hey, we're a team instead of, hey, we're a family. Mm -hmm. I think part of it is the idea of a team gives people more of a framework, understanding that different teams operate different ways. A basketball team is not going to be the same as a football team, which is not going to be the same as a hockey team. There are different goals for each one, different ways of playing the game, different rules, different tools that you use, different things that you're trying to accomplish. Like, yes, you're trying to win, but it's just, it's different. And it gives permission for there to be flexibility. The idea of family, everyone has their own idea of what that looks like, what that means, what their background is. There aren't set rules. There aren't set strategies. There aren't set tools that different families use. There aren't always the same way. And so if I talk to Ted and I mean, we dealt with this getting married. Yeah, what just is, between just only two people. What does Christmas look like? What does Easter look like? What is how, this, how does disciplining your children look? How do you load the dishwasher? How do you put the toilet paper on the roll? Does the does the paper? It, hey, listen, if you're listening to this right now, you have an opinion on this. Does the does the paper <laughs> go on the outside, like toward the toilet, or does the paper go on the inside toward the wall that the toilet paper roll is connected to? Always toward the toilet. Always. Um, we agreed on that one. We agreed Thank on goodness. that one. But there are so <laughs> many things that between two people coming from two different backgrounds, how does communication look? How um, do arguments look? 
Like, do you do take... they happen behind closed doors? <laughs> or they happen out in front of other people. Mm hmm. Mm-hmm. What what does this look like and how are decisions made? Who makes different decisions? Who handles different parts of maybe the finances or uh, the calendar or different mm-hmm. things like that? There are so many different moving parts just between two people. And then when you bring that into an organization of even, let's say you only have five staff people, each of those people, you say, all right, we're family here. Each person has their own idea of what family looks like. Family often looks like you show up for everything. The birthdays, the funerals, um, the you're in it with people. You know what's going on in people's lives. You know um, how you can really support people. Sometimes family is the, I don't tell other people what's wrong because mm-hmm. they don't understand me. And so I keep stuff to myself and I kind of bottle it up and I reserve stuff for my friends. So depending on who your people are, and you don't necessarily get to know Using the term family can cause a lot of underlying chaos that no one fully knows how to address because no one knows how to address that within their own actual families. <laughs> right. There's a reason why Christmases with the extended family is can be super, super awkward for, I would say, the majority of families. I feel like the the families that are on the Christmas card and they're all like wearing matching sweaters and like matching, you know, pajama pants and they're all holding cocoa. And you know, they're the kind of family on Christmas where everybody's just smiling and like laughing. Like I'm sure they exist, but they're like unicorns. I'm sure. And they're all, (laughs) they're really weird too. So like, even though they, maybe they all get along, they're probably the only people they get along with. Yeah. (laughs) Maybe. I'm kidding. If that's you, no judgments, but you're um, totally judging them. It's okay. Um, but I mean, it, it is a thing. So I'm not saying like never use the word family. But what I am saying is if we are going to use the word family, we better understand what family entails. We better understand what we are bringing to the table and the weight that we are placing on people's shoulders when we're like, we are family here. Got to be super careful as a leader. Your words carry a different weight. And when you say hey, you know, we're going a specific direction. When you cast a vision, it carries a different weight than a volunteer in your organization saying the same thing. Mm-hmm. And when you say something that in your mind is like, oh, this sounds good. We're just a family. Your words carry different weight, meaning they pack a deeper punch. And that can be a really more more often than not saying that an organization is a family is a recipe for a disaster mm-hmm. because of all the different understandings of what a family means and because of all of the non-professional expectations and baggage that comes with the word family. Right. Um, I was just thinking about people who come from family backgrounds where the mom and dad, like they just put their foot down. It is what it is. No one talks back. No one gets a say. If you bring that into an organization and you have people who One, maybe they're used to just talking to their parents. Their parents say, I want to go here. And they have parents who are up for discussion. Um, Maybe they can change their mind sometimes, whatever it might be. That can be incredibly frustrating to the leaders. At the same time, like if you call a group of family, understanding that they actually have zero obligation to you, um, it can be very, very damaging to say, we are family here. And I'm going to put my foot down. You have to do what I say. Uh, You can't bring in your ideas. I'm in charge. Whatever that might look like. And then have someone look at you and say, oh, well, I don't want to do that. I'm going to leave. Um, Having people exit a team and join a team, there's a lot more ways for people to do that. 
I think in a way that's like healthier or at least has set expectations well, for someone, how that's going to look. When someone leaves a family. Oh, it's bad. Like, you know, either like an estranged child. They mm-hmm. don't talk to their parents ever again. You know, when people, you know, when, when parents get a divorce, like when families break up, there is like usually devastation. Yep. But when a team breaks up, it's like, this just makes sense. Somebody graduated, somebody moved, somebody whatever. It's not that big a deal. We can all still have this connection. I just, I, man, family just carries so many, so many things with it. Like even, even with my family, I feel like when I use the word family, I'm, it, it's, it's like there are expectations that just don't make sense and that no one in the family even necessarily placed on each other but it's like oh i should really go visit my mom and maybe my mom doesn't even want to get a visit from me right now but because she's family i feel like i have to and she feels like she has to uh entertain while i go over and talk and like they're just all these like dumb things that don't get communicated in a family because they're sort of like these cultural expectations mixed with what your familial expectations were versus like what grandparents did versus now. And I was going to say too, there are families where the kids are in charge, right? Like that movie yesterday or whatever. I have or, no idea. Oh, there was like, it's like, it was a movie that came out recently where it's like the kid just gets to choose everything. And I have to say yes to everything that the kid says. We're like, not doing that. Yeah, no, no, we're not doing okay. that. But like some families <laughs> operate like that where they do that. And the kids are like very much the center of the household. Like that's not a good recipe for a business either. Like there needs to be a hierarchy that makes sense where somebody who has a little bit more of an eagle eye view over the organization can make the majority of the decisions and that there is some input from everybody in the organization, but it doesn't, it isn't ruled by the guy in the mailroom. Like, Mm -hmm. cause that doesn't make sense for him to make decisions about where the funds are being spent right yeah now like some examples that we've heard from organizations i do want to get to like a positive side of this too because i do think the family side does have some merit behind it it's just really small just really small (laughs) and i feel like this is one of those things where it's not that the word family isn't used often enough i think if anything it's just used so frequently and so carelessly i would say too i don't think it's ever meant well i would say on small percentages most of the time it's not meant in a way that's evil it's like it feels good to say we're a family like it feels like happy i do think there are probably some leaders out there that say family and they're like ha 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 ha. i'm gonna be able to pay them less i'm gonna be able to get more work out of them because they're you know they're part of a family and they have obligations that go beyond a paycheck now if people are watching the video they're like lisa's face just said everything she's thinking um i think (laughs) I think most of the time when it started, it's meant as a positive thing. I think that some workplaces and some nonprofits are able to maintain the idea of we care for each other here like we're family while still holding on to the team aspect. Right. So there was one organization that they had mentioned family, but when you're there... Um, it's very much, these are the systems, these are the structures, this is the hierarchy, whatever. And what they meant by family is because we all do this work together and we're all in the trenches together, we just general, we just genuinely create great relationships with one another and we actually care for each other. Mm -hmm. I think that's very different than an organization that might say, oh, we're like family here. And one time 
they were able to use the phrase family to get just a little bit more out of someone, Mm -hmm. just to get a little bit. And then they realize, oh, there is weight behind this word. There's power behind this word. And I can use this word. Yeah, it can start to cycle out of control. And so I don't think it starts with those intentions, but I do think a lot of organizations, it's an easy tool to manipulate people to try and get them to stay longer, to do more than they should, Mm -hmm. um, or to carry the wrong thing. There was one um, person I was talking to with their organization. Um, They were kind of in the middle of the organization, and their leadership would change whether or not it was family based on how awkward the conversation was. So if it's like, I need you to care for me, they'd be like, well, we're not family here. We're I'm your professional. leader. We're professional. But then if you went up with them, you're like, professionally, this doesn't make sense. They'd be like, yeah, but we're family. And so we we go above and beyond. And so when something is used as a bludgeon, a bludgeon as a weapon versus a tool, um, it can do a lot more harm than I think is realized. And it takes a lot of self-control from the leadership to say, yes, we can have a familial aspect here. Um, but we are going to be very intentional about when family is being used and when the s- systems and the structures and that professional level are being used. And if there's a gray messiness between the two, it's that's where I think a lot of issues come from and are born out of. Yeah, I mean, I so many of these things are just solved by just avoiding calling your organization a family anyway. But yeah, the temptation, I think, is just is very, very strong for leaders to sink into that. Once you realize that, oh, I can get a couple extra hours of work out of somebody because we're a family. It's really hard when the going gets tough to uh, to refuse that temptation and to say, nope, that is not OK. Mm-hmm. Like using using that as a way to get something more out of people than they agreed to is an unhealthy family. Like, right. I don't want to go to my second cousin's uh, first nephew's birthday party because I feel guilty because they're family. Like, he's cute. He's going to eat some cake, but I don't want to go to that. I barely know the person. I don't also really care that their kid's going to eat some cake. You know? <laughs> yep. And the same thing happens in the organization where it's like, they people need to know... Yes, we care about each other, but I think you can so easily communicate that with the word team. I think teammates care for each other, too. Mm-hmm. If a teammate hurts themselves, the other players aren't just like, oh, crap, we're down a teammate. Like, they're actually like, please get better. Like, you're great here. You help here. We've gotten to it know you personally. If you're, if you're healthy. Yeah, yep. we've gotten to know you personally. I know your spouse. I know your kids. Like, I want to see you succeed, and I want to see you whole, and I want to see your dreams move forward. An issue that I've had with the word family is if someone ever says, like, I'm a family here, I'm like, no, you're not. Ted is my family. My kids are my family. You do not get to put yourself on the same level as Ted in my life. Hmm. And I can choose to elevate other people to that level, which I don't. But mm-hmm. like I could choose to go to someone and be like, I feel like you are family to me and I'm going to choose to be there for you as if we were a family. But other people don't get to come to me and say, I am your family now. I am right. the one. It's I am going to put myself an, in that an position. an invitation only kind of thing. Mm-hmm. And you don't invite yourself over to be that. You you don't want to be a Kimmy Gibbler. <laughs> <laughs> is it Kimmy Gibbler or Gibble? 
Gibbler. The, yeah, Gibbler, the, the neighbor from Full House, who's just like always at their house because she sees herself as one of the kids in the family and everybody hates her. <laughs> like if you're an organization, you're saying family like you might be Kimmy Gibbler. Mm-hmm. <laughs> maybe maybe think about that and don't put yourself in that situation. I was also going to say this. When an organizational leader says, hey, we're like a family here. And, you know, as the organizational leader, I have a responsibility as like the parent of this organization to really help us move forward. You're also now committing yourself to acting like a responsible parent, which if that's (laughs) that's a really big responsibility. I mean, a lot of organizations like have very irresponsible leaders. Mm -hmm. And if you say I'm your dad basically <laughs> it's like who's your daddy i'm your daddy <laughs> who is that your means, daddy and, and what, what does, does he, he do? do no you better be re- uh, ready to go to every single person's funeral yeah that they have like even their extended family funerals anytime that they're sad like what is a responsible dad with kids in the house do like you have to be able to and willing to do all of those things so when you say we're a family, you are making a promise to a lot of people. And yeah. I think a lot of leaders don't recognize that. They're just like, oh, it's just a, it's a word. You know, it helps people kind of have like a good attitude toward each other, which yeah. uh, they're forgetting all of the times when I fought with my brother mm-hmm. <laughs> at home. Right. Because when there's a team, I think I think part of it is when you're a leader and you have a team under you and you can use language of team, people can set aside their differences a little bit more. It gives space for people to work together. It just... It feels different. But when you say we are family here, you might feel like you're just drawing them more into your organization. But a lot of times you don't realize the expectations that everyone is now putting on your shoulders as a leader because you're the one who brought in that dynamic. Precisely. And when there's family and you have two staff under you who are squabbling, now you actually have to do something about that and engage and do the, you know, like figure it out where if team members are squabbling, that's different. It's not going to be as personal, generally not going to get as emotional. It's just it the language changes the entire nature of an organization. Um, and it's not always a change that is going to be beneficial long term. In a lot of ways, it's going to actually poison the organization just a little bit over time to the point where you end up with people who have looked at it and said, I've been family here so long that I cannot leave. And they're staying out of this miserable obligation. Mm-hmm. Or I've been family here for so long that I didn't sign up for a second family. I'm yep. going to opt out because I want time with my actual family. Um, and maybe you have an organization that does manage to walk that line really well, where it is a team atmosphere with family type care. Like we're going to be a team members, but we're going to be the type of team who actually wants to get to know each other. It's not just a team for a day. It's like a team for, you know, however long the different people are part of your team and are part of your organization. And that's a really beautiful thing because like you said earlier, when team members leave, there's still space for relationship. Mm -hmm. When family members leave, those relationships for the most part are... I mean, they're severely altered, severely damaged, damaged. Yeah. Um, and we have seen nonprofits that operate from a team model. And when they have people leave, the network is actually grown because the people who have exited still have a relationship because they weren't leaving the family. 
We've seen other nonprofits where when the family member, the staff member leaves the family, um, it essentially turns into an excommunication. And it's like, we don't talk about them. They are dead in our minds. And it actually inhibits the growth of the organization, regardless of if the person left for, it could be any reason. It doesn't have to be a negative reason that they had to step out because, you know, in nonprofit work, there are many reasons that people have to leave, either schedules or life or they move or whatever the case may be. So let's try to turn this a little bit toward the positive on this, because I'm sure because it's a cultural thing. Yep. It, it's become cool, you know, to say we're a family. Right. So I'm sure that a lot of listeners, the podcast right now, organizational leaders have have done this and maybe are in the middle of doing this and are saying like, hey, yeah, my, my organization's a family. Like, I think there are ways that it can be done well. Mm hmm. And I, um, I think there are things to, we've talked about all the things that could go wrong really well, uh, <laughs> up to this point. But first of all, if, if you're in an organization and you're, and you're saying this stuff and you're saying like, Hey, we're a family, you know, we're brothers and sisters, like, and I'm, you know, just know that we don't think you're an evil person. Nope. <laughs> <laughs> we just think that, um, you're, you're, you're choosing a path that is probably harder than if you chose team language, but um, there are still ways through it that can be really beautiful and really good. Mm -hmm. Um, in terms of the family dynamic, if you're going to choose to have that language in your organization, I think it's really important to recognize which parts you're going to utilize family for. Um, you don't want to have all of your systems and structures based around the idea of family. Like there has to be some things that are set aside as, yes, we are like, we care about each other as family. We're friendly as family. But at the end of the end of the day, we have to move into the professional separate other for the job descriptions, um, for some of the systems that we use, for some of the things that have to get done. Um, simply because operating as a job description and using family obligation to get the stuff done um, is going to cause tension and turmoil as people try and figure out what is my actual role here and what am I supposed to be doing versus what am I now being obligated to do and how do I figure this out in a way that's healthy for me and healthy for the organization. Mm -hmm. um, I think another really like good way that this can be navigated as well is it can help people to kind of open up to one another and be a little bit more like ready to kind of share life together and naturally have, you know, meals together and naturally get together outside of the organization. Because if, if there is a really healthy family vibe, mm -hmm. then people are naturally going to try to treat each other with a, like a family sort of loyalty, a family sort of care and those things, I mean, you know, if, if my sister's going through a hard time, I'm going to bend over backwards to help her, uh, even if I don't super see her very often. There's just a, there's she's my sister, you mm -hmm. know, and um, there can be times in an organization where that's really, really helpful. Yes. It's just you have to be so careful mm -hmm. to make sure that it doesn't cross over into an unhealthy obligation yeah. for those types of things. I do think another one, too, is to lean more heavily into the brother-sister dynamic or maybe like an aunt-uncle dynamic 
or something just a little bit like an aunt and a niece or something like that. Um, I think sometimes, not always, but sometimes putting yourself as a leader in the position of mom or dad um, can be very difficult for the people that you're leading um, because that position is very, very there's there's just a lot of weight behind it. There's so much, versus <laughs> there's so much if, going on there. Versus if as a leader, I walk into a situation and I recognize like, hey, listen, I can't be mom to everyone. Um, I can be mom to my own three kids, and that's kind of all I can handle. But I'm going to care about you as if like I'm more of like an aunt type figure or more of a sister type figure. That kind of care is just generally going to translate a little bit better, and people are going to have more grace with you. If they not, that's how you're approaching it from just a little bit differently. I think of it a lot as like, it's almost better to say we're all brothers and sisters. Like that's how we're going to interact. But because we're playing a game of family football, I still need to be the team captain. So like on a relational level, let's try and treat each other with a little bit more equality versus a hierarchy that's going to have a lot of weight and pressure behind it. But for the sake of the organization and for the sake of moving forward, recognize that I do still have to be able to step up into that leadership role so that we can move forward together. That's really, really smart. Because when you think about it, (laughs) people go to counseling. They're not usually talking with their counselor about um, their aunt or Their their siblings. It's almost always, here's what my parents did. Here's what they did wrong. This is how I'm scarred for life because... This thing happened. One time I spilled the milk and my dad yelled at me or like, you know, just like little things and big things. Um, Parental relationships, you know, even though we're trying our best with our kids, I think we're doing a pretty good job. I'm sure they're going to have to still go to counseling because the parental parental and kid relationship is so interesting. And as people get older, you start to become your own person. You start to like separate from relying on the parent to now having this like strange sort of like mentorship relationship it's just it's so messy the Mm -hmm. parent the parental relationship is really messy so if you're going to use the family language yeah try to avoid the parental child metaphors and if you're bringing that idea into an organization someone who's starting out with that parent-child relationship they're probably going to lean a lot more on the parents but over time as the employee or as the staff members grow and they want to do their own stuff you are signing yourself up for the teen years where that staff member says, I see your vision, but I want to do this my way. I want to do it my own way. I don't necessarily think that you have it best. I want to go figure out my own path. <laughs> it's and- true. You're signing yourself up to go through the terrible twos, signing yourself to go through rowdy teenagers that are rebellious. Yep. <laughs> and you're setting yourself up to raise up staff members who eventually want to leave. Um, because that is the natural progression from parents to kids. And when we put ourselves in a position of being mom and dad over an organization, um, eventually the people that we are growing up underneath us, the the people that we're leading, it can be very easy to see them in a way that's stagnant versus allowing them to grow. Like our kids are getting older, but there's part of me that's like, oh, I still remember when you're two. And my kids are probably like, I don't care. I'm not two anymore. Don't see me as a little kid. Let me move on with my life. And it is a constant thing for me as a mom to remember that they are older. Here's what they are capable of now. Here's what they can do now. And those same weird dynamics can (laughs) easily show up in an organization if that's where 
or if that's the position that you're putting yourself into, if that's the hierarchy that you're creating. Absolutely. Um, I will say there is one area that is a little bit different, and that's specifically within church organizations. Um, The Bible talks about, you know, like loving each other like brothers and sisters in Christ. I think it's funny. I told you this before. I was like, it doesn't say anything, though, about creating a mom and dad relationship within a staff hierarchy. Like it's talking about like the church as a whole. And naturally, because it's a faith-based organization where you actually are doing that aspect of faith together, it is going to become a little bit more familial, especially if you're loving each other the way that the Bible says to as brothers and sisters in Christ. Well, and it specifically says that Christ is the head. Yeah. So Christ is daddy, not leader of the organization. Right. So then that becomes uh, even more important to remember you know, what does the Bible actually say about that? Mm-hmm. <laughs> Instead of just like, oh, you know, we're a family. We're, we're a family, family so therefore the lead pastor's automatically the mom and dad of everyone in the house. Like, that's a massive responsibility to move yourself from I'm going to pastor the people to I'm going to parent the people. Whoa. <laughs> like, <laughs> I, just personally, like, I'm like, mm, I wouldn't want to be in that position. Mm, mm, no. Um, granted. I got the, my own kids to parent. Granted, the pastoring is still a very high responsibility that must be taken seriously. Um, But I do think that it's easier in some of those capacities because there is familial language built into the text that everything is being built upon and the faith that everything is being built upon. Mm -hmm. Um, But I think that we still need to be careful in how we are using it because when it says like love each other as brothers and sisters in Christ, not every family loves each other well. Not every sibling gets along well. And so there is a point where we need to recognize all of the stuff surrounding it so that we can adequately teach people and help people understand what that actually means. And when we use the term family flippantly, whether it's at a church or a different nonprofit organization, um, there's just so much mm-hmm. behind it. There's just so much that... You need to understand before. I would say too, and not to get like too theological, but it says love each other as brothers and sisters in Christ. Yeah. So it doesn't just say love each other like brothers and sisters because that goes downhill. (laughs) There's a caveat added onto that. That's like in a godly perfection sort of way. So even with that, if we're going to treat each other as brothers and sisters in this organization, there it's only the good parts and none of the bad parts, which that's super hard to do. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's really, really hard to do. That's the kind of thing that people work their whole lives on getting better at loving other people as brothers and sisters. So um, definitely not something to be taken lightly. But if you're in that position where it's like, hey, this is the language that our organization currently uses and I'm in charge of it and I want to change that or keep it and just be really careful. Or this is language that our organization uses and I'm not the person who gets to choose. Mm-hmm. Um you got some thinking to do and figure out how you're going to handle it. Um, whether that means you're going to work on how to just make it healthy, a healthy version of that. Yep. Just know that that's a little bit of a tricky road. Mm-hmm. And um, whenever you can, I mean, our, our advice is definitely use team language whenever you can. People have a lot healthier uh, respect and loyalty to their teams uh, and their coaches. Mm -hmm. And like 
rather than and they have like team captains and they have you know there there are hierarchies built into teams that work so well and it's just it's so much more clean it's so neat well i was thinking just now like a coach can discipline someone Mm -hmm. and say like it's because i want you to succeed yeah a parent disciplines their kid and says it's because i love you and the kid is like but this doesn't feel like you care you know like (laughs) the kid's traumatized the person on the team might be pissed but they're willing to do it because they trust their coach's intentions and they trust that their coach is going to get them somewhere. Yeah. It's not that a kid doesn't trust their parents' intentions. It's that they don't understand the bigger picture because right. the dynamic isn't as agreed upon. Like a kid in a parent relationship really doesn't get a whole lot of say. Yeah, it wasn't a contract that somebody signed. Yeah. A teammate who <laughs> raised their hand and said, I want to be a part of your team and I'm willing to let you coach me or I'm willing to let you lead, or I'm willing to do whatever needs to be done. Way different. Mm -hmm. The secondary benefit is a teammate who steps into a position is going to allow other people to lead them for different seasons. Team captains can change. Different people can be elevated to run. Coaches change. Coaches change. Different people can be elevated to run different parts of it. Maybe someone's in charge of this part of the practice, but someone else is running a different drill. There are different things where there's a lot more flexibility and fluidity. Mm-hmm. If you're in a family structure, the family structure is what the family structure is forever. And it doesn't matter if somebody who's at the top sucks at their job. Mm-hmm. They're still at the top. Yep. You know, it doesn't matter if your parent is not a great parent. They're still your parent. And you still, you know, like there's still like levels of like honor and like you're still going to show up for the funeral, even if they were never even in your life. Sometimes people still feel an obligation to do that. Mm-hmm. And so um, with all that being said, family is a beautiful thing. I think organizations that use that term flippantly and not thoughtfully are in for a world of hurt for Mm -hmm. the leader, for the people in the organization, for the organization as a whole. Um, And I think especially as culture continues to move forward, and I I wouldn't be surprised if in the next five, 10 years, it starts to become like a cringy thing for everybody yeah not just for a few people because i think a lot of organizations have used overused it in the corporate world too mm-hmm. um and and people are just going to get like this yucky feeling about like nope i have one family that's it yep <laughs> <laughs> and uh if you're going to try to impose familial relations upon me i am going to say no and i'm going to opt out <laughs> <laughs> So as always, we would love to hear from you and your thoughts. I know this is kind of a big topic. Um, Additionally, if you have any story where you've heard of family being used within an organization for positive or for negative, we'd love to hear it. Sometimes Mm -hmm. we like to respond to different stories like that and talk about them um, because they give some great insight uh, into organizations. So as always, you can reach out to us at office at LegacyBuildersINTL.com. Thanks for listening to the Legacy Builders Movement. If you appreciate this podcast and find that it's valuable, the best way that you could help us is to subscribe and leave us a rating and review. To learn more about Legacy Builders, go to LegacyBuildersInternational.com. That's LegacyBuildersINTL.com.